Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. And uh, we're happy to have you guys come back and, and follow us for another episode. Um, we're obviously not too too boring. Must be okay. Got to be good, right? Heck yes. And did you hear that? I'm back. She's back. <gasps> Elisa's back. Yay. <laughs> Finally, where have you been? No, it's freaking about time. I've been sick for like five months. Oh, not fun. Nope. No. So we always have Elisa with us. Hello. And, and we have to my left. I think my name's Jamie. I'm pretty sure the day we got married, your name was Jamie. Did you that change you it? Know of. Did you change it since then? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and I am Josh. Um and have you noticed we were missing a couple people around the table? Mike and Terry. Miss you. Miss you guys. Hurry back. They're just decided to go play in Vegas for the weekend. Oh, rude. Rude. Right. <laughs> I hope you're having so much fun, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we get started on our topic, uh, we just want to kind of give a, a fun listener shout out um, to our many fans in the Dales, Oregon. Go the Dales! Go! <laughs> And if you don't know where that's at, you should probably look it up and Google it because it's a tiny little town. Oh, I know. It's in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I know. You're a genius. <laughs> I know. So uh, we, what we would like to do for all of our fun listeners on Oregon is we'd like to do a Ghost Stories of Oregon. And so if you guys can send us your spooky stories, your haunted stories, your ghost stories that you guys have in your towns or the in the cities of Oregon, that would be Awesome, and we can read them on, on air and kind of tell the fun, you know, personal stories in Oregon. You can send us links. You can send us personal stories. We want to hear it. Give it, give it all to us, all of it. Even if you have multiple <laughs> stories, we want it. Yes, Ex send them in, guys. Send them in, and you know, you guys can send them in on our Facebook page at uh, Cold Spot Paranormal Research, or in this case, Paranormal Peeps Podcast. Absolutely. Um, you can send them into our Twitter at. CPR Paranormal, or our Instagram at coldspot underscore paranormal underscore research. Send them into any one of those locations, and we'll make sure we get them read in our Ghost Stories of Oregon episode. Shout out to the Dells, man. Absolutely. So we have to get enough stories to do this, so we want to hear them, so bring them. All the good ones, and the bad ones, it doesn't matter. <laughs> No matter how short or how long, they will be great and they will be read. Absolutely. So uh, our episode tonight is on uh, our investigation that we had back in February. We uh, we had to wait till Elisa showed back up before we could do this one. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but it's on the Anson Call House. In Bountiful, Utah. And if you haven't ever heard of it. That's okay. We'll let you know about it. So, uh, many of you might be wondering, who is Anson Call? <laughs> because that's the first thing I, when I found about the house, I'm like, who is this man that this house is named after? So, he was uh, actually the founder, or one of the founders of, of Bountiful, Utah. And he, like many of the, the pioneers, actually traveled uh, to Utah uh, in 1846 and in May, he left um, with his wife and his family. And they made this arduous journey across. And if you've ever played the video game Oregon Trail, 
<laughs> yes. I loved that game. Up. game. <laughs> you know how dangerous it is to try to cross the plains <laughs> and get to, in this case, Utah, not Oregon. Um, and their trip wasn't without tragedy. Uh, a month in, they lost their six-month-old son, uh, Hiram. And then a month later, they lost their six-year-old son, Moore and I. Um, and so you can see that just, you know, absolute tragedy trying to cross the the area from Iowa, I believe they left. So sad. So sad. And then in September 1848, the family arrived in Salt Lake Valley. And then after staying for three days with many of the brethren in the big camp near the Adobe Yard, which if anybody knows where that's at, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anson moved his family 10 miles north uh, of the city and rigged up a home in the shape of an Indian wiki up. Wiki up. Did we look that up? <laughs> we did not look that up. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and then throughout his entire life, uh, he was loyal to the church and played an important role in the settlement of Utah. Uh, he served as a bishop, a stake president, a judge, and representative in the territorial legislature. Um, and on 18th, uh, on August 31st, 1890, he died in his home in Bountiful, Utah at the age of 80. Wow. Yeah. So in the house that we we're going to be talking about tonight. Yes. In the house we're going to be talking about, he died. He passed away. Um, probably in the one the, in the bedroom that we investigated. The master. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Jamie, tell us about this wonderful house. Okay. So of course, Anson Call Home is in Bountiful, Utah. Uh, so this home was part of a large complex of older homes, barns, sheds, gardens, and orchards. And they all belong to Anson Call himself. So he was the, obviously, like Josh said, the early pioneer and colonizer. So it was built in about 1861, and it was made of sandstone and adobe faced with red brick and was one of the finest of its day. So originally the house was taught by a decorative beehive that was surrounded by a captain's walk. Now that's interesting. Why is, why is that interesting? Well, a decorative beehive. So I know Utah's the beehive state. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. But what's a decorative beehive? Elisa. What's a decorative beehive, Elisa? I, I have no idea. Well, the only thing I can assume is like we decorate. Uh, well, Mormonism is has a lot of symbolism. Okay. Right. So they put that in, like decorating in the temples and churches, and and use it as a representation of. Um, everybody working together and basically like the hive is the gospel and the church and the bees are us and we're all working together to create and build up the church. Right. You know, so I'm sure there's a lot to it, uh, more to it or other stories about it, but I'm wondering if it's something like that where they're building a community. Right. Right. And yeah. so that's what it would make sense to me if they're wanting to build that, does that make into. Sense. And he's like majorly into the church. Right. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I'm sure that's why that was brought in because it was kind of a big deal. Oh, that's good to know. So, I like I don't that. Know. Yeah. I like that. No, that sound that does make sense though. Yeah. It, it fits. It makes sense. Okay. 
But so, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Who knows? But <laughs> maybe something we kind of have to look into a little bit more. Growing up, that's what I've been. Told, I wish so. it was. I wish it was still there. But I do too. So, but later, the beehive was actually replaced by a small room, and they called it the prayer room. Uh, it was reached by a secret stairway behind a bedroom closet. Right. Which today the closet is actually a bathroom. Exactly. And you have to climb up. Yes. Uh, a shelving unit. To get into <laughs> the so weird, yeah. yeah, it is weird. That I was, was the weirdest thing. I was super tempted to try to climb it, but I didn't want to get hurt, and you didn't want to break anything, yeah, including yourself, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, the house has seen better days, considering how old it is. The home uh, actually was a gathering place for family and visitors alike. So, in 1863, during the dedication of the Bountiful Tabernacle, 150 guests actually stayed there. At the Anson Call Home and Complex with their horses. <laughs> the other buildings have long since been torn down, but the structure still stands as a monument to the man who built it, Anson Call. And it's a cool, creepy looking house. It is. That's awesome. super creepy. It's w- so cool. I would have loved, though, to see the entire structure together, right? Like, oh, yeah. I think I've found one picture uh, on the internet of like some of the stuff that was there, the house and some of the, the, All like, the other structures. Buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, as cities expand, it gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. Well, and you look at it and it's, I mean, first when you see it, you're like creep vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at it in the historical point, you look at it and you're like, that was such a cool house back in the day. Yeah. Like I bet. Oh yeah. I bet that thing looked immaculate. Yeah. Back in, in the day. Prime. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, there, and there are some good pictures you can see of that house. Um, oh, we'll post them. Yeah. We'll post them on our, on our, uh, Facebook page and and social media accounts so you can see them. But it's neat because there's this balcony structure and some other stuff that doesn't exist today. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the house has, you know, I don't know. I want to call it a rich history in, in things going wrong. Um, but, uh, it, it did have one kind of infamous, uh, house guest. And his name is John D. Lee. So he stayed there um, a few days before he led the massacre of more than 100 men and women and children at the Mountain Meadow Massacre in southern Utah. And then he actually stayed there um, about a month later. And this was in October of 1857. And it, what I read was that um, he stayed at their residence in Bountiful at the Anson Call House and stayed there overnight. And that night, he told Anson and Mary Call that at the Mountain Meadow Massacre, um, that it wasn't, that there weren't any white men involved, that it was all Indians, that exclusively performed this mountain meadow massacre liar liar <laughs> but they did actually dress up as indians to they attack did. The, the the wagon the settler's train yes they dressed up as indians to do it deception so, yeah um if you guys want to know more about it um it is a uh a little bit of dark history uh for the state of utah um but it's definitely intriguing to kind of to look into. So if you guys want to, you know, learn more, it's uh, there's definitely more information out there on Google uh, for you guys to find. So, um, 
But that kind of leads us into kind of the the infamous night, I guess, uh, that's left the house in its kind of current state. Um, if you guys have seen pictures on the internet and stuff like that, there's a hole in the roof. Uh, there's scorch marks on the walls on the outside. It's boarded up. On one side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see through the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to get inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that is because of a night on July 4th, uh, 1997. So, uh, the Deseret News was, uh, did a little article on it and it says the Kingston family who, uh, I believe they're the ones that bought it after the calls moved out. Um, they, uh, they were commemorating the independence day with a boom. albeit unintentionally. Luana Kingston was sitting in the living room of her home uh, a few minutes past noon on Friday, when she heard a loud explosion, simultaneously she felt the hardwood floor rise beneath her feet. Her neighbors to the south also felt the concussion. Can so, you imagine? No. no. Oh my gosh! I would need a change of pants. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Among other things, but <laughs> can you imagine the things going through your mind at that moment? Like, what the heck is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy. And that's the room with the fireplace in it. Mm-hmm. So she was. Literally just across the hall from where this where, where this went down. Yeah. Yeah, very close. Um, the preliminary conclusion of the fire investigators was that a gas vapor accumulating under the basement ceiling uh, from a leak caused the explosion. The gas was possibly ignited by the water heater kicking in. Um, the explosion resulted in the fire that gutted much of the Pioneer Era house, causing up to $100,000 in damage. Uh, and that was estimated by the uh, the bountiful fire marshal uh kingston and her six children were living at the in the home at the time i don't know where that does not seem like you can fit six kids in that house it's not a big house it's not it is not these rooms are maybe maybe 10 by 10 at the largest Above well that. i think the master i think the master is bigger than that yeah. but the nursery yeah I could yeah see and so they, they were all so the so her and her six children were living in the home. They all hustled out of the home and across the street and called nine one one immediately after the explosion. So thankfully nobody was injured in it. Yeah. Um, it took forty six firefighters from Bountiful, South Davis, and Farmington Fire Holy Departments cow. an hour and fifteen minutes to extinguish the flames. Uh, the house has many additions, crawl spaces, attics, and hollow floors that made it difficult to find and put out the hotspots. Um. They said they were chasing it from run, one room to another. Um, and the firefighters were reduced to knocking holes in walls and ceilings to get at all the burned out areas. Uh, the heat and the flames spread from the basement up to the first and second floors through the heating ducts and the home's uh, first apartment on one side of the house sustained most of the damage. Almost everything in the apartment, walls, fixtures, appliances, a dolly, or sorry, a doll lying on the couch was completely black after it was all over. Wow. Uh, the apartment's tenants were away at the time. So, Thank goodness. So that side of the house was an apartment. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, a neighbor saw the outside basement door blow from its hinges, fly across the driveway, smash into a cinder block wall during the conflagration. The heat also caused a few twenty-two gun shells stored in the in, near the oh, door no. to explode. Oh great! Oh, no. Bullets are flying too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
said, while the damage was extensive to the home, the Kingstons took it in stride. All the kids got out okay. That's the main thing, uh, Luana Kingston said. You can replace things, but you can't replace kids. That's right. Um, and then she said, all of the neighbors have been really good offering to help. Um, and then Joe added that that the insurance should cover most of the damage. And so, as we know today, that house was never fixed. No. Um, and... Yeah, that one side of the house is completely gutted. There's no There's no floor. No, you see the char, you, you, you see, see the beams, mm-hmm. the floor beams, but Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. So, um this house was even featured on uh an episode of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Uh so Ghost Adventures actually did a, a little mini series. Um and it's episode 4 and it's called Ted Bundy's Ritual House. So what's the series called? Uh, Serial Killer Spirits. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But does this house actually have any tie to the infamous Ted Bundy? So there's nothing to indicate that he was at the house, in the house. He was near the house. So um, basically what happened was Ted Bundy abducted a girl... Uh, by the name of Deborah Kent, okay? And it's in a school car park, and this was in 1974. And Zach says that some believe that the killer took her to the Anson Call house. So, and that's uh, the distance between, like, the car park and, you know, at the school, and then the Anson Call house is about 150 meters. So that's roughly 490-some feet. So about 500 feet, let's say. So not far, really. So it's really close, but there's no indication that he ever set foot in that house. I think people, just because it has a creep factor, want to believe that he took them yeah, there. Yeah, there's, there's this morbid there. fascination right. with it, right? And so Zach says he believes, or that some people believe that this is what happened. He is not stating that it happened. So a lot of people say that they seen the Ghost Adventures episode and, you know, well, Zach said he went there and it's like, no, he did not. He said some believe that he took the woman there, Deborah Kent there. But like I said, no, no, no proof, no indication that he ever did. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's like the, I don't know. We got a weird fascination here with Ted Bundy for, I don't know what reason we do. But well, like we us do. personally or just people in No, general? just people in Utah. Just okay. <laughs> people in Utah have this strange fascination with Ted Bundy. Because things like that don't really happen here. And, and it hasn't happened here. Yeah. So when something big like that does, because you have a certain type of community, and when that is tainted so or yeah. however you want to say it, when something like that happens, it's a huge deal. It's like, no way, that can't happen here. Right? We're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have always feel that way about serial killers in general, though. They're like, he was the nicest dude next door. Well, they don't look it. They generally don't look like creepers. You no. Know? Not always, huh? If they did, it would be easier to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be serial killers at right? that point. <laughs> right? <laughs> you catch them at the first one. Um. But yeah, so that, I mean, that's a little bit about the history of the house. And, um, but let's get into the night um, of our investigation. So uh, we ended up pulling up and just kind of want to get your guys' first thoughts of when we came there that night. What, what did you think, Jamie? Absolute excitement to get in there and start investigating. And yeah. we had a small group. 
which was a bonus. We had a total of just five people. And it's not a big house. No. But yeah, just five people. So I thought, you know, this is going to be amazing. We were going to get to go see the basement. All of it. I was excited. Yeah. What what about you? I was way excited too. One, because I've been wanting to get in there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I remember driving past it years ago and I was like, I need to get in there. I need to get in there. (laughs) And because those houses just call to you, right? Those kind of houses, you're like, I am attracted to this house. I need to get inside. Um, But just knowing that because it's such a small group, knowing that we were going to be able to have quiet yeah, and non-interrupted, like, cause you know, sometimes when you go to bigger locations, you all separate and you go together, but you can hear people talk and you can hear people do their EVP sessions yep. and whatnot. Yep. And then you're constantly checking, was that you? Did you hear that? You know, were you walking around? And this time you don't have to because of how, we ended up doing the investigation, but I was yeah. super excited to get in. So excited. What about yeah. you, Josh? Yeah, I think um, the part that made me the most excited about going into the house was we got a special like preview to the house uh, a couple months prior to that. And we got a tour of the house when it was just um, some people from Paranosis and, uh, the three, and the three of us, we got a yeah. chance to be in the house. And we were there for like an hour. See, I was only there for like, what, 15 minutes? Mm, 20 minutes? 30 minutes maybe at the most. Yeah. Yeah, I think more like half an hour. You showed up uh, like 10, 15 oh, minutes okay. after we did. And you guys had some amazing we things happen. Right. Oh, my and, God. And so I, like, I was so jelly. So, <laughs> but the biggest part, though, was you were there. Oh, yeah. That was so flipping sweet. You so, were there. Uh, Elise and I were in the master bedroom. And then Jamie and Kinky. Right? Oh, heaven. Sorry. <laughs> I had to. Well, you were across the hall. <laughs> I was just across the hall, yeah. Yeah. Uh with another uh with another gal from Paranosis. Mm-hmm. And I was uh showing Elisa actually where the prayer room was located, mm-hmm. which is in the, the this case is in the bathroom, not the empty closet. And just as I was talking about that, something big moved behind you and the gal from Paranosis. It wasn't behind me. It was so she in was front in, of you. Yeah, she was in the door frame of the nursery room. Wasn't her back facing the room? Her back was, yeah, her back was facing in towards the room. And, okay. and then I'm out just outside of the room in front of her and we're talking. And this loud whatever slides across it sounded like a two by four it did it sounded like a big piece of wood dragging across the ground like sliding like it was flung across the wood floors in there Mm -hmm. right it scared the gal from paranosis and she jumped almost on me out out of that and she screamed so loud (laughs) but as her as her frame cleared the door frame i could see something move across the floor oh i didn't know that and we looked in there there's no wood laying on that floor. Nope, there was nothing. There's very few items in there. Mm-hmm. Nothing had moved. So it was beyond her and myself as to even what that was. And it was so loud, guys. Oh, yeah. It was so loud. There was no mistaking that. No, we actually None. we actually had to check if anybody moved anything else in the house because there were a couple other people downstairs. 
Yes. Um, they weren't in the house, though. But no, they weren't. They were outside the house. They were mm-hmm. by the garage. Yeah. And so whatever it was. They were out back. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was just the four of us in the house upstairs. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. But it was because of that night. It's like, I got to get into this place. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I we got to spend an entire like, night. Yeah. And we weren't even investigating at that point. No. We're just no. getting a tour. We're just getting a tour. Yeah. We were just checking it out. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, this is the room and there's this closet and there's this prayer room. And then bang. It's like, that was cool. That was awesome. awesome. Yeah. And that was not the first time we heard a bang. We heard multiple actual physical things being moved in the house. Yes. All within an hour, which, you know, if you get that in a 12-hour investigation, you're like, this was a great night. And in this case, it was all within an hour and a half. And it was like, that was amazing. It was amazing. I wish we could have stayed. Oh, you know, me too. yeah, me too. Yeah, that would have been great. But, it was really active that night. <laughs> but we did get to to see the house, and we did get to go in there ourselves. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, and then as Elisa alluded to, we sent. So the way we did the investigation, we sent two people into the house for an hour, and they'd go to a, a specific location, investigate that location, and then come back out. Um, and we just kind of rotated through. Yeah, but what we did. For home base, since the house is so small and you can, like, if you're in the house, you can hear everything. It doesn't matter if someone's in the basement and you're up on the, you know, uh, third floor up there, you can still hear them in the basement. So what we ended up doing was we took one of those, like, pop-up tent thingies with the side walls. Yeah. Um, and we set that up and we put, like, a table in there and chairs. We had a couple propane heaters in there. We had our cooler with our snacks and you know, we were set up. We were set up. So we would have whatever group wasn't going in would stay out in that tent. And that way we kind of eliminated that contamination for um, evidence and stuff. So yeah, that way we didn't get any of that crosstalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because in this house, it, it would have been atrocious. Like yeah. you wouldn't be able to get any EVPs. Cause... Oh, no. You Well, you'd have to question every single thing yep. that you hear. Yep. So to start the night off, the, we did the chivalrous thing. <laughs> oh, sure. Sent the girls in first. <laughs> we sent the girls in first. <laughs> the man sent the girls in. Hey, first. which I was totally fine with. Yeah, I was down for it. <laughs> so how did that? How how did the night start off for you for you gals? Well, so it was me, you, and Karina, and we went in, and we were like, okay, well, what's what's the best way to get paranormal activity to happen? And on this floor is is a I oh, call it a summoning circle. Right. Or, or a lot of people would call it a pentagram. Yes. Um with like objects in it and symbols. Yes, and whatever. So we're like, okay, well let's stick a piece of equipment. We use the flux and we stuck it in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Nope. We got silence, radio silence. Yep. Nothing was going on. So then we stick the flux, you stuck the flux um, in the doorway. Yeah, over by the stairs. Yep. Bottom of the stairs. So to kind of give you guys an idea of what this looks like, I'll just kind of take you through like a tour of the house real quick. So we came in through the back door, which is the kitchen area. And then you continue forward and that is the big living room. So in the living room, there is a door to your left a doorway to your left and there is where you go up the stairs 
to go up into, there's two, well, there's three bedrooms up there, but there's only two that you can access. Right. Right. So the ones on the north side are the two that you can access. And then there's a big one on um, the south side. And that one is blocked off because it's kind of caving and it's not safe to go in there. So the Anson room or the master bedroom is the one on the north side in the back, like towards the west. And then you have the nursery room, which is um, across the hall, and that is the one to the east. So that kind of gives you an idea of what the house looks like from the main floor on up. And directly below the nursery and the master bedroom is the section of the house that exploded. Yes, which you can't go into either. No. Mm -mm. So this is pretty much what we're doing is we're staying in the living room. We were going to be there for the hour. So we go in there, we do that. And then she puts the flux in the doorway, which would lead up the stairs, right? So to kind of give it a little bit more of a range if it didn't want to come into the room. So we kind of sat there and felt like there's not a whole lot. Like it was really quiet, really still, very, calm. very calm, very calm. Like I say, like when it's calm like this, I could take sleep. a nap, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Like <laughs> it's it. It wasn't like that. You know how people get the spook factor and all of that. No, it was nothing. It was just like a normal house. Yeah. Um. So we thought, okay, well, let's put the flux in the doorway and let's see if we can get any action coming from that side of the wall, and it would not stop like and it was doing weird things it wasn't like a any noises that it normally makes it wasn't it, was, it wasn't anything i've ever heard come out of that flux um it was all these weird different patterns because it has a pattern for when you need to reset it yes or when something's touching it yes or getting close to it all it, of those things it has a pattern for that and it will beep certain patterns mm-hmm. but this time it was doing all sorts of like all of them at once i felt like All of the beeps all at once in weird patterns. It almost felt like there was things fighting over it. (laughs) And it was going haywire. (laughs) And we couldn't ask questions. We couldn't get it to work for us. Jamie kept turning it off and trying to reset it. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it wasn't going to work. So we ended up after a while just turning it off. Yeah. And kind of giving up on that piece of equipment. And sometimes that happens. Oh, yeah. And then we put it away and try to find another way to communicate yeah we did pull out the ovulus too yeah we did but we didn't get any hits off of that no it said a couple words but that was it uh a lot of times when you turn on your ovulus and mm-hmm. you set it to like the dictionary mode it'll shoot off a couple it'll words. shoot off a couple words those are just random because you're touching it and you're moving it well you have energy right mm-hmm. everybody has energy that's right and your energy is on that yeah so it's it's going to compute into words yeah so that's why when we put it down, it'll compute words and then you walk away and leave it alone and it stops. Yeah. Right. And then it was silent. Yeah. It was absolutely, absolutely silent. silent. Which is usually strange because like normally when you're investigating with it, it'll just randomly spit out nonsensical words. So to have it to go stone silent is odd. Right. And I really felt like they were just watching us from afar. Right. Yeah. Like they knew we were there and, and, you know, you're going to have nights where it's going to be loud. And just like that night that we went to go 
and get that tour. It was active. Super active. Yeah. And you're going to have moments and times where you go to investigate the same place and it's going to be super active one time and completely radio silence the next. Yeah. You know they're there. But They're just not willing to play. <laughs> no. And that's what it felt like when we went into the first for the first hour into the living room. Yeah, I think a little bit into our us three girls in our first like hour in there in the living room. I think Elisa, like at first she didn't pick up on anything. Mm-mm. Uh, after a while, though, of just like equipment not working, like the flux and everything being so quiet and so still and just, you know, really calm. Mm-hmm. She started honing in and said that they're kind of gathering up in the room above us, which was the one room upstairs mm-hmm. that's blocked off. Which yep. nobody can go into. Which, which nobody into. can go into. So they were all kind of gathering up there at the time. Oh, so. so hiding. If- or you know, getting a plan together. <laughs> or, yeah. or that. But didn't you guys break out the SLS? Yes. So I actually, and I didn't even hear this. So the entire time I investigate, I really like to do live EVP sessions Yeah, where I put my headphones on. It's plugged into my recorder so I can hear it live. Right. Yeah. And I actually got an EVP that I didn't notice while we were there, which is odd because I'm like zoned into my headphones. Right. Right. So I I got my first EVP I got was just uh I believe female, but it's just going, hmm, that's it. Yeah. And it wasn't any of us. And then um I got my SLS. I have one on my phone and I turned it on and the oddest thing happened. It was like so there's a couch. That's up against the wall next to the door frame that leads up to the upstairs. Basically and, right across from where we were. Uh-huh. And the cushions were a little wet. That's why I didn't sit We wouldn't it. know. <laughs> we, we didn't attempt I to did, sit on it. I sat on it. Um, but what was cool was that it it will show you an image, right, like of a person. So an mm-hmm. SLS camera, it, what it does, it gives you a stick figure of an image of a person. So anytime it catches that, so whether you do it to a live person or a person that is deceased, like a spirit or whatever, it will show you where they are. Oh, map it. Map it, right, in a stick figure image. So this turn, like I had it on for a little while, and then all of a sudden, right above the couch, probably about a foot above the couch or so. Was it on the back of the couch? No, it was above the couch. Oh. So above the couch on the wall, I got an image of a person, but it was distorted. It wasn't a full image, which I've not really seen on an SLS. Interesting. So it was like a weird shape, but it was a person like you saw the arms. I mean, it was distinct. You could tell that it was an an individual because that's what it does, right? And so you could see that it was the person, but the person was like uh, seven, eight feet tall. Oh, dang. And kind of like the back was like contorted. Yeah. So it was not straight up and down. It was like part of the back was up and then curved to the to the right and then up and then curved to the left and and like weird shape. And then it would come for a little while. And we said, like, can you? I think Karina was like, can you wave? Yeah. And it put its arm up 
And then it would disappear. Yeah. And then it came back like a few minutes later because I'm sure certain things take energy to do, right? Oh, sure. sure. And so to get that, they have to go back and, and get build up that energy again. Just like if you go for a run, you run for a while and then you lose your energy and then you have yeah. to wait for a little bit to get that energy back up. Second wind. Yep. Or, a, or a month. <laughs> if for you're us. running from something. Yeah. <laughs> For us older people, it's yeah. about a month. Not, not from people or anything. It's just running to the end of the block. Oh, you made it a whole block? Wow. No, no, no. To the end of the block, which is only like 150 feet. Yeah, still. Wow. <laughs> but it, like, and then it would come and go. Not anything like super consistent, right? But it made its presence known and then it just disappeared. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. In my opinion, it was intelligent because when Karina asked for it to wave, it waved. You Did know, she so. ask it to wave? Or I, be, I don't know if it was you or her. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I thought it, it was, was her. one of us. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't Somebody matter. Asked. Maybe you. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's that was pretty much the extent in that room for me. So did yeah. you think, like, do you think it was a human? No. Or do, no? Because it was contorted. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, which is like the belief, like they can't mimic a human perfectly, so they have to be kind of missing. Some, yeah. So, and yeah. and that's just my personal opinion. Whether I'm right, I don't know. But yeah, um, my personal opinion is 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 when it's contorted, when it's missing a limb or an eye, or sometimes you know you don't see the actual face; it's missing its face, but there's like the silhouette of the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Is when it is. Not an entity that has ever had a human body. It's a good indicator. Yeah. yeah. Unless we knew that there was somebody who had, you know. Like amputated. Amputated limb. limbs or yeah. maybe they were decapitated in the house or something like that where you would expect to see them without a head or an mm-hmm. arm or something. But yeah, I don't think from from anything that I found, there was no stories of any of that going on in the no, house. No, so. no, no. And that's where, that's why I think like when people come in and do devil worshiping or sacrifices or things like that. That's exactly what you're attracting. That's exactly what you're going to bring into the house. You're inviting yeah. it. Yeah. You, you definitely are inviting it. Yeah. Did we ever, we didn't talk about the symbols on the walls. Like when you shine a no. black no. light on and it. And that was one room? of the things that we did when we went to the living room is, is I had this purple light mm-hmm. and, and you had big blue. I had big blue. And so we shined our lights up on the walls and you could see, uh, people that had, I don't, what did they use to make those? It's a like special, a, pla- it's a it's special like, paint. Yeah. It's yeah. like an iridescent paint. It's something that yeah. like a black light. Black paint. light. Yeah. So you have to shine like the blue light or the black light on mm-hmm. it in order to see these symbols appear on the walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that room is covered. It is full. Every, every wall. wall. Every wall. Yeah. And, you know, there's graffiti all over the place too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do the symbols mean anything? We don't know. Um, well, didn't didn't they didn't Paranosis say that they had an expert come in? Uh, yeah, that studies that stuff and said it was authentic. The the that, the, the circle was authentic, and I think mm-hmm. some of the symbols were authentic. Yes, I, I don't know if all of them are authentic. I tried to do some of my own research on those, and well, sure, uh, the symbols that I found weren't some of the symbols that were there. Now. You know, that doesn't mean, you know, with my four hours of, <laughs> of search right? means that there's a lot of symbols out there. Exactly. Folks, so yeah. It's, it's hard to say. Exactly. You know, and yeah. so. Uh, who's- oh, and 
real quick, another thing that I remembered is that where the um, SLS camera picked up that image, mm-hmm. right there on that wall is our words that say the devil is here. And that's exactly where that was yeah. that image came up. Well, that just makes it a little more creepy now, doesn't it? Yeah. I kind of forgot about that Creep just until factor. now. Creepy. Well, and the thing is, is is there's words on the wall, but when you hit it with the black light, that's when it says the devil's well, you here. You can see is the devil is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when that light is not shining on that, that's not what it says. Right. So, yeah, yeah that makes it a little more authentic in that, in mm-hmm. that avenue. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. nuts. So we ended, I think we made it to like 55 minutes. We radioed mm-hmm. and said, hey, what, what do we got for time? And Josh was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're at, at 50 that, minutes. Yeah. yeah. So we called it. It was, it was pretty quiet. Yep. And us girls headed back out to the tent. And from there. Yeah. So from there, the guys went in, mm-hmm. um, Stacy and I, the, the, the fearful duo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we went to the basement. So. Um, the one place we didn't get to go on our tour was the basement. And so I wanted to go in the basement. Um, there's supposedly a well in there, um, like where you get water from because most old houses have a well in the basement. Um, so they can get their water. I went to go look for the well. I never found it. I don't doubt that it's there. I just didn't know where to look. Um, but as we were walking in, uh, we had a static camera down in the basement with a uh, with a digital recorder running. And you can hear us coming to the basement, um, which is just on the other side of this wall, uh, brick wall, actually. And you can hear a voice, a male voice say, get out. It was audible, huh? Audible. On the wow. digital. Not, I mean, we never, we didn't say something, you not hear it. Yeah. Okay. So it was an EVP that we caught on a still camera okay. just sitting there in the room. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then before we started our investigation, right? I just, um, if you guys have seen it, I posted some on uh, uh, videos on social on our social media accounts, and one of them is uh, this tour of the basement. So I'm taking this little, you know, tour of the basement, and we're in the section where the the room blew up, and I stick the I stick my phone up through the cracks because the ceilings are only like six feet tall, and I'm you know, or a little, little more than six feet tall and I'm six foot one. So I can stick my arms up through the roof or the through camera. the camera, <laughs> through everything. Yeah. And so, so you were underneath, I was the underneath room. the room. Okay. And so I stuck my arms and the phone up above so people could see what that, the room looks like. And I do that and you hear the same male voice say, get out. Ooh, God, that's repeat. So cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Cool. So cool. Um, and then, so we started doing this EVP session down there, right? And, um, it, this floor is not like a normal, like dirt floor or anything like that. It's dirt, but it's covered in debris. Oh, covered. And there's like wood and nails and, you know, all this stuff laying around. Um, so what you're saying is it's really safe. Very safe. (laughs) Um, and so I'm kneeling down trying to do this, uh, do this EVP session. And in the middle of the EVP session, there's a loud, huge bang above us. God, that's so cool. And nobody's in the house besides you guys. So, And so what I did is I radioed base camp and said, hey, is anyone getting in the car, slamming doors, anything like that? Because it was loud. And if it came from outside, then they would have obviously have heard it or had committed the noise. And then the answer was no. Yeah. And we heard nothing. And the, the door to the basement is outside. Yes. Right. 
on the side of the house. So, but it wasn't. We didn't hear anything. Nothing. No. And you would have heard the door open and close and slam. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing. And there was no wind that night either. It was a pretty still. Yeah. Thank Still goodness. night for the most part. It was cold enough. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is why doing investigations in February in any place that gets cold, just bring lots of warm clothing and space heaters. <laughs> yeah. And a tent and, you know, a blanket. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, six layers of clothes and all that fun stuff. That's right. Um, and then we started – so after that, I couldn't kneel anymore. I don't have very good knees anymore. Um, and so I couldn't kneel in that spot anymore. So I was like, okay, just in, in the other room, there's a weight bench. So we we just went in there and sat down on the weight bench and conducted an EVP session and stuff. And you're still down in the basement, We're right? still down in the basement. So we're down there, right? And I get this feeling um, – that there's two kids sitting crisscross in front of us. Now I don't know if it's true or not. Um, this kind of this kind of this, this visual I got in my head. These two kids, younger kids, just sitting down there on the floor, right, just kind of listening. Yeah, because your body is your is your best ghost detector. Every exactly. time, your best piece of equipment is Every your body. Time. Yeah. So generally, what you feel is go off of that. Like yeah. what you sense, what you feel, because you're like in tune, right? Yeah. So kind of trust it, yeah. And so Stacy and I are sitting there. I just got done telling Stacy that it feels like there's some kids sitting down here, right, in front of us. And then there's another bang from out in the other room. That's crazy. Like it's trying to draw us back out. Yeah. yeah. And so we go check out just to make sure that, uh-huh. you know, uh, no one snuck into the house. Um, and, you know, it, it was empty again. And so I was like, well, that was really cool. Um, and then we were close to, we we're really close to being out of time. And so we ended up just kind of calling that, that moment. Cause it, after that, um, it felt still again. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the way that house was going that night where it's like, bam, activity. And Ooh, then quiet. quiet. <laughs> Which was, is super odd because normally when you get stuff like that, it's like you feel the intensity yeah. of the entity that you're around. Yeah. And that was really weird where you just didn't yeah it was just nothing again and you're like well that's weird almost like it should be um something that repeats itself you know and yeah. and so i don't know that's so cool there was a lot of that that night a lot of bumps a lot of bumps a lot of bangs mm-hmm. um and it's not the house popping no um because there's a difference there's a difference but also, the house never did that. No, it did Which not. Which is weird. It didn't have creaks. No. Nope. No, nope. unless you were walking. Yeah, like my house has more creaks than that house did. So is that a testament to how well the house was built? <laughs> or how crappy my house is built. Because <laughs> when we had that earthquake, I had a beam in my house that broke oh, in my really? roof. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and this house did nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot wrong with the house. Don't get me wrong, but like, well, it, they don't build anything like they used to. Oh heck, no, no. that's for sure. It's not built to last. Mm-mm. No, I mean, it's a testament to how well this house is built, right? Yeah. But I think the coolest part about the, and I call it the old part of the house, right? Because, um, in the basement anyway, because uh, there's a newer section in the basement where there's modern day fluorescent lighting. Uh, there's drywall up. Um, it really looks like a modern part of the house, right? Mm-hmm. But you have the old section of the house, and it reminds me a lot more of like a wine cellar. 
Like it's brick, yeah. isn't it? What's that? It's brick. It's brick, right? Yeah. And the the archways are probably shoulder height. Yeah. Oh, they are small. They mm-hmm. are small. Like they're probably, you know, five foot eight, five foot six off the ground. They're not very. No, they're not even that. I don't think because I'm five seven and I had to duck. Okay, so they're short. <laughs> Low bridge. Low bridge. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this, there's this one room, and I, I think this is the room where the door blew off and uh, the the ammo was held. Um, it, but this doorway into this room is uh, narrower than my shoulders. Oh wow! So, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty wide. You got broad shoulders. Yeah, I got broad yeah. shoulders, and I had to like squish in to like slide through this door. And there was not much there. It was just kind of under the stairs, like storage section. Right. Um, and those stairs are are falling apart. Are you talking oh. about the stairs to, from outside? No, these are the stairs that would have been going Upstairs. up to the house. To the bedroom. From, from the basement oh. up. Oh. up. Um, yeah, this is like from the basement would have been up to the 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 main floor or oh, to okay. the apartment oh, that okay. was not there anymore. Gotcha. Um, which are adjacent to the really really bad stairs <laughs> that lead outside <laughs> that someone just looks like they just kind of hammered together and threw in there and, you know, missing some best and- of luck. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was Stacy in my hour. Um, and then I think we sent Stacy and me. Yeah. And that- Karina. Mm, yeah. You Stacy and Karina went in because after that Karina was done. No, no, that was Stacy, myself and Karina that went in. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Karina didn't come with me. Okay, so it was you and Stacy next. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then Stacy and I went into the Anson room, which I explained was that top room in the back west side of the house. Um, we went in there and instantly his camera was having issues. It kept turning off. Like he would turn it on, sit down, and it would turn off. Get up, turn it on. He'd sit down, it'd turn off. He's like, Dang camera. <laughs> <laughs> so he he instantly started having issues. Whether that was paranormal or not, we don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, but uh, I did. We did start an EVP session, and I I got a high in a kid voice. So it was like hi, just really tiny, high pitched kid voice. That's cool. Yeah, and Stacy actually heard it. So I. That's about amazing. Yes. So I actually had my headphones on, which is what I always do is I'm doing a live EVP session, right? So I don't know if it's audible, audible meaning if other people can hear it live, like as it's happening and not just on the recorder. So he actually, he's like, I heard that. That's awesome. Um, So we tried to talk and I asked um, if it wanted us to be there because a lot of the time you can get a response with a question like that. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want us to be here? And if it's a good night, you know, you'll get a no or a yes, you know, you'll get get out or get (laughs) out or something like that. Um, But we didn't get that. What we got was a thump so hard. The floor vibrated. You felt it. We felt it. We were sitting on the floor in the room and we both felt the vibration of that thump. It was so loud. Which definitely, you know, says to the fact that one, you're over the top of the burned out area of the house. So there's no way it's anybody below you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and because you felt the vibrations, unless we had an earthquake. <laughs> right. They're hitting that one spot. That one spot. <laughs> um, you know what's not anything environmental outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, and at that point, like you normally, I can pinpoint, you know, where an entity is or where a spirit might be. Mm-hmm. And I can say like, oh, they're over in this corner or they're behind you or whatever. I can just sense that. I don't see it. I just sense it. And um, this time it was all encompassing. It it filled the entire room. And I have honestly, I've, I've never really felt that before. I have felt like, oh, there's, it feels like there's a lot of people in here, you know, but I have never felt where I couldn't just pinpoint where they were. Because it, it was everywhere. It just filled the room. It was like the ghost took up the entire room and wouldn't let me figure it out. Wow. So it was, that was cool. And he felt like, Stacey felt like it was behind him. Um, Again, that's still amazing for that boy. <laughs> Well, you know, I think he's starting to tune in a little bit more. Right. And the more you do things like this, the more you exercise your gift. Yes. Right? Yeah. The more you can feel that stuff. Anyways, and so um, we turned on your, you don't call it a spirit box. What do you call it? Oh, portal. A spirit portal. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like a spirit box, right? But what's cute is that it's in this cool old school radio radio is what they're called yeah so cool it's just this big piece of equipment right so it's scanning the radio stations and whatever and um we ask like okay well what's your name and we got two names we got james and bill and then we would ask other questions and nothing after that it was just nothing nothing wow we had it going for a good like 15 minutes and we didn't get anything after that um, so I started using dow- the dowsing rods, nothing. Um, and then, so we're sitting there quiet, right? And after a while I ask, um, like, uh, what did I say? Oh, is there a reason that you guys are so quiet? So I'm like, is there a reason why you guys are so quiet? Thump. <laughs> <laughs> they like to. They seem to like to answer with thumps. And Physi- yeah, like a physical noise, right? Like yeah, a physical yes. movement, which is freaking yeah. awesome because normally you don't get that, right? right? You know, normally you go in and you get all the EVP stuff. Yes, right, or you get answers on your rods or whatever, but you don't get the audible bangs and noises thumps. and and EVPs and voices and all those things. So, um, and then I asked, you know, do you want us to be here? thump i'm like oh my gosh guys like this is crazy (laughs) and then i wait like four more minutes and we don't say anything and i say what's keeping you so quiet thump like oh my (laughs) gosh this is and it's only when i'm asking those type of questions right and because i asked a few other types of questions and we weren't getting any responses but anytime it was like do you want us to be here why are you guys being so quiet you know things like that we got thumps and then um, we heard another female voice, but it was like, huh, and that was it. And then without asking any questions, within, after the last thump, it was 50 seconds later, 
we heard a thump. And then 20 seconds later, another thump. And then 10 seconds later, another thump. And then 20 seconds later after that, another thump. So it was very... In succession, basically. Yeah, and it was like, boom. Did you hear that? Yeah. Boom. Did you... What in the heck? And then boom. <laughs> and then boom. And we're like, whoa, this is so cool. This doesn't happen. Like, right. yeah. you generally don't get... Like, you'll get maybe like one or two knocks. And we try so hard every time we go anywhere to try to get those thumps. And to have them come on their own like that was freaking sweet. It was so cool. (laughs) And and usually, too, like, you're like, we usually do like the shave and haircut thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Yep. And you're like, you sit there and you strain into the darkness. And you're like, (laughs) wait, wait, was that a... Did I hear a knock? <laughs> Praying Ooh. that you're getting one. Right. Yeah. And like, this is like, boom. Yeah. Where you can hear it so loud and feel the vibrations on your butt. force behind it. Yeah. Which yeah. was so cool. That's it's amazing. kind of intimidating in a sense. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time, like I have my headphones on. So when I do that, I can't tell super well where the sounds are coming from. Right. What direction they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stacy was saying they were coming. He felt that they were coming from behind us. Wow! So, which is way cool. That's awesome. That is super cool. <laughs> so cool. So that was the end of ours of that segment. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Stacy, Karina, and I went into the um, into the living room after that. Um, I'm actually going to skip over that part, um, mainly because it was. A, Boring. <laughs> the living and room nothing was, happened. Yeah, the yeah. living room was not the happening place. No, yeah. it was not. I did sit on the couch. Um, got your butt wet. Your got my couch. butt wet. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was a gross couch. Oh, my gosh. Um, if I would have thought better about what I was sitting on, I probably never would have sat on it. Um, mainly because it's like uh, I'm, I'm not a full arachnophobic individual, but I'm not a happy spider person <laughs> uh, at all. And didn't occur to me to after the fact that that couch could be infested with the uh, uh, creepy crawlies, gross, all sorts of things. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and like the the roof leaks and stuff in the house, so it could be mold and all sorts of other nasty stuff in there. Oh, I'm that sure. you're breathing, and as soon as you sit down and it all fluffs in your face, it'll... yep. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty quiet, pretty boring. Um, very calm. It felt again, it felt peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact. The feeling I got in the house the whole night was the same way. I didn't feel like, uh, you know, that that fear of dread or worry or Mm-mm. despair. Nothing ominous. Nothing ominous at all in that house. Um, and so, like, you know, so that part was, you know, pretty boring. So, um, so after that, uh, Elise and I went up to the nursery. And, I don't know, that was kind of, for me, that was like, other than the bang in the basement, like this was the fun part yeah. of the investigation night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did start out pretty slow. It did. Yep. So we first went in there and we set up our equipment. Uh, we did like a ping pong ball. We set that on the floor. Yep. And uh, put the flux out. Yep. We put the EDI out. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that there was a male in the hall watching us. Because we were sitting fairly close to the door. Yeah, I was in a closet. Yeah, you were in the closet that was up against, like you were against the wall that was 
next to the door frame. Jamie. <laughs> Her face right now. I'm, I'm trying to keep going with the story, guys. And, um, and I was kind of out in the front of the doorway, I guess. Probably about, you know, seven feet, eight feet away from the door. Anyways, so we set that out. We didn't get really anything with that. So then I gave, uh, I have some dowsing rods and I gave, I'm not super great at the dowsing rods. So I gave them to Josh and instantly we got stuff. I felt, cause yeah. sometimes you can feel like, okay, I think we need to get this piece of equipment out. I think we need to use this or whatever. And you'll get that out and you can get stuff off of it. So I, I felt like, okay, let's try the dowsing rods. Let's see if we can get something off of that. So... Yeah, so th- so we got the dowsing rods out and uh, started using them, and that's when everything kind of went kind of crazy in the house. Mm-hmm. In it kind of set it up. Yeah. Um, so we found out we were talking to uh, a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we got a name. David. We? David. Yep. Um, and he was a <laughs> he was a door to door salesman who sold encyclopedias. So and in the fifties, wasn't it? Yeah, in about the fifties, um, which is weird, uh, but yet like people don't realize it. But yeah, that's what people used to do back in the fifties was sell encyclopedias door to door. Yeah, and so how we get this information is when we're asking questions. He's got, you know, he's holding on to both of the rods, and we say cross them for yes or spread them apart for no. Yep, and then bring them back to the center so they're perpendicular to each other. And to ask the next question. And so, and then we kind of go off of that. And you kind of go off of how you're feeling and like, okay, so maybe he did this. Like, what are the things that they did during that time? And you get no's. And then so you just go off of your yeses. Yeah. So that's how we got that. Um, And he also said that there were like nine spirits. Yes. Nine spirits in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. But only one human spirit in the house. Which was him. Which is him. Which he said was him. So he claims. So he claims. So he claims. Again, like, you can't see him, and I can't talk to him. And you take it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You You don't know if you're getting the truth out of him, right? But he also said there were no child spirits, and I kept getting those EVPs. Yeah. So, but it is also from, at least from, uh, experiences that people have had, um, inhuman spirits like to mm-hmm. mimic. mimic children and women because they're less, you know, threatening. Uh, threatening. Yeah, exactly. And um, you, you feel an emotion towards that. That's right. Whenever you get a child spirit, I actually personally don't believe in children's spirits. I do believe that there are children's spirits, but I don't believe that they would be stuck in a scary house full of demons. Like I right. don't, I don't believe that. Right. I so for me whenever I actually hear a child spirit my first instinct is, oh, that's an inhuman yeah. <laughs> entity. Yeah. It's like you're full of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you're a child crying for help. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But we did um Get so we got like eight type threes, which we've explained before. The type three is the inhuman spirit person who's 
or an entity that's never had a body before. And he claimed not to be a type three, but that there were four spirits with us in that room. So I forgot about that part. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if there's four of them, can they make noises for us? And it was like, no, <laughs> instantly, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that for you. I'm like, I don't know if they've ever done that. I don't know if anyone has ever, any entity has ever said, yeah, I'll do that and makes a noise. I don't think I've ever gotten that. I've gotten a lot of yeses and then nothing after that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> nothing like, that ever fell, followed through. It's like, hey, see that digital recorder over there? Yes. You, can you go to tell, you, tell us your name in it? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Let us know when you've done it. Okay. <laughs> Have you done it? Yep. <laughs> Blank. Liar, liar. <laughs> Just empty, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we did, during that during the rod session, we did hear a female. I heard a female, you heard a male. Um, yes. What you thought was a male. And just, it just went, Ooh. that was it. That's all I got. Um, and then I got it when I said, well, I don't like to be told what to do either because I asked it to make a noise or asked it to do something for us. I'm like, well, I guess you're not going to. I don't like to be told what to do either. And then it went, Ooh. Um, And then we actually heard like a another audible. Ooh, we heard a few of them. We like, did. There were several in a row that started going off. And they were the same, the same voice, same tone making that same noise. Wow. So, and it wasn't, it's not like an owl or anything, or a bird. It's not that kind of a sound. No, because to me, it sounded female. Yeah. And it sounded like it was coming, to me, it was it was coming to my left, uh, like front left. And to Elisa, that would have been behind right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt like it was behind me. And what was weird, which I hadn't talked about, was during that time, it felt like it was coming from me. So, which it wasn't. Right. But I, I felt like the vibration of the voice. Like, oh. when, you know, when you talk, you have your own vibration when, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. when you're talking. Yeah. And I felt that every time she went, ooh. So I didn't even have to hear it in order to feel it wow. every time she did it, which is interesting. Really, really interesting. I don't know if that means that she was super close to me. I just spit everywhere <laughs> i don't know if it means that she was like super close to me where i could feel that or yeah. or what i don't know what that means but it was pretty cool and so we kind of did a rod session with her i remember how you felt different on the rods you felt like a tug yeah yeah briefly yeah it's part of that night gets to be a blur it's probably three o'clock in the morning when we were doing this part. yeah so when you you could tell that there was a change in the rods and That's right. a heavier tug or a pull as you were doing the questioning. Yeah. You can definitely, when you use rods, you can definitely mm-hmm. feel energy coming through. You feel it come and go. You, yeah, yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. yeah. And the, sometimes the energy changes. Yep. And I think, I think when we were talking to her, the right rod started yes. to move. Yes. So I have this very strange thing when I use dowsing rods. Oh, and uh, it's different for everybody, right? But for me, if I'm holding rods, only the left one moves, unless it's an inhuman, and then the right one moves. Oh, that's weird. It's happened every time. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool though. It's it, it is cool because then it's like, 
I know who am I dealing with? (laughs) And the first time I really noticed that was at Family Tree. Oh, well, that's the place for it to work. Right? Yeah. So we started talking to her, and she said her name was Elizabeth, and she was in her early 20s, blonde, all these beautiful things, right? Blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful skin, blah, blah, blah. And and then so I asked a trick question, which I knew was going to be wrong, and she said yes, and I was like, liar! You know, like, you just know she's lying. So I'm like, all right, peace out. You're not telling the truth. Um, what did you ask? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. But it was something really, like, not relevant to her. Mm. It was something, yeah, something not relevant to her at all. And she said it was her. Or she, I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, so it was, but it was a total lie. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. So we did, when she came in that room, the temperature started dropping quite a bit. Oh, yeah. So we had the EDI set up on our left. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the, there's a tiny little, like, nightstand in there. And so we put the EDI up on the nightstand. And, yeah, it dropped three. Tell people what yeah. an EDI is and what it does. Oh, sure. So an EDI... Uh, the reason why we call it EDI is it's made by a manufacturer called EDI. I don't know what their initials stand for. Um, but really it's a cool, really neat combination, uh, investigation tool. Uh, it measures temperature, it measures EMF, it measures barometric pressure, measures vibrations, um, and, uh, pressure, like barometric pressure. Did I say very much pressure? Yes. Um, Anyway, so it measures all of those little things and it records them onto a a drive. So you can actually put it on a chart. Um, If you use it and don't mark when you turn it on and turn it off, the data means nothing because it's just a graph of stuff going on in the, in, in the room. Um, but the the theory behind all of like spirits and stuff like that is it can affect the environment, and so this mm-hmm. maps those environmental changes. So if you can say, man, uh, there's this really heavy presence, and we got all this you know bangs and bumps and stuff in there, and you can verify with the EDI that there's yeah, there, look, there was a pressure change, there's a temperature change, and and you had an EMF spike, you can say you know more definitively that right. that would be spirit based. Yeah, and so once. Once we started talking to her and once she came in, we could, it started getting cold. And you got so cold that you started shaking. Yeah, it was really cold. Like It was cold out that night. But I mean, it was it a get, cold night. It's February in Utah. It's but cold. for it to get colder, like noticeably colder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like cold, like right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like where my hands and, and stuff were because that's where I was holding the dowsing rods. Right. So, yeah. So, and then I actually got a growl and, but it sounded like further away, which happens a lot with EVPs is that they will, the sound sounds far away and it sounds like a whisper. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got a growl. I think we thought that came from the hallway, like outside of the room. It could have. I can't tell with my headphones on. I have no idea where the sound comes from, but it sounded far away. Um, 
And then we asked David, and he said it was below the room. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it'd be down in the dirty part of the house. It's yeah. all dirty. <laughs> the very dirty part of the house. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, f- like, and it was funny, too, because um, after that, we stayed in the room a little bit longer, too. But we put the dowsing rods away just because uh, it can be an energy drain on the on the rod user themselves. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to put these away. And and it's really hard to hold still for that long. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you've got to hold those rods as still as you possibly can because you don't want to be the reason why they're moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went back in the closet. So I came out of the closet <laughs> and went back in the closet. <laughs> um, mainly because I can't sit up. Like if I sit on the floor, like I want, I can't sit crisscross applesauce. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been able to do it, even as a child. Um, and then two... Um, I can't like, because, uh, of my age and my, um, unathletic nature, uh, <laughs> I have a hard time sitting up straight when I'm sitting on the floor. And so I found a wall and that was happened to be in the closet. So I sat there. Um, but once we did that, the, the room went quiet again. Mm-hmm. So it was like quiet before the rods, use the rods. The room went Came alive. Came alive and went crazy. Yeah. And then put the rods away and dead again. <laughs> Which is weird because I wonder if, I wonder if it's it's something that a piece of equipment that they're used to seeing because rods have been around for a long time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Long time. And we're not the only ones to investigate in there too. So like there's – Yeah. Uh, there's groups that go in there quite a bit to investigate. So yeah. maybe they bring dowsing rods in all the time. We don't know. But I think it's something fairly easy for them to manipulate. Yeah. And to use and something that they're somewhat, you know, familiar with. Because I'm sure they're, they knew about them while they were alive. It's something familiar. Or, yeah. 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 Well, especially if you're talking to a, a spirit from the, you know, 1800s, 1800s or, or, or earlier, right? Like dowsing rods have been around for I centuries. Mean, that's how they used to find water. Yeah, exactly. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's. You know, that's always the, the, I think it's one of the reasons why we've never been blanked on dowsing rods. Uh, because spirits all can, one, they can manipulate them easily. Mm-hmm. And they don't use your energy to do it, which is always very nice. Unlike spirit boards, they have to use your energy to move the planchet. Um, but, so, you and Stacy went into the basement after that. Um, and Jamie and I kind of hung out in the tent. Yeah. And that's when we had stuff happen at base camp. Which was kinda which was kinda cool because like when Elisa and Karina and I first went in, because we were the first ones in the house for that night, um, at the end of like our hour long session, I started getting a horrible headache. And I just thought, you know, I'm just tired and so, you know, we Went out to the tent and I took like extra strength, et cetera, and, um, but it just got worse. So if if you haven't noticed, I haven't been like in any of these groups going in after, <laughs> which was so sad. I was it was really tough, but my headache got so bad that it physically made me feel like I was going to be ill. Mm-hmm. So I I did I spent I spent the whole night out at base camp, unfortunately. And I did offer to bring you home at one point in time. I wasn't going to do that. Um, it was it was about a forty five minute drive home. 
And to have him run run me home and then have to go all the way back up there, he was going to miss out on investigation time. I didn't really want to put a damper on the evening, so I just hung out at base camp and just wrote it out because I wanted the team to be able to do as much as they wanted to do because we actually were able to stay there all night. To 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 5.30 by the time we packed up and left. Well, yeah. and you still want to be there. You know, I still wanted to be there. Even if you there. can't go inside, you still yes. want to be there. I still, I was miserable, but I wanted our team to go in and enjoy it. And I, st- you're right. I still wanted to be there because, yeah, I remember you saying like, no, I don't want to go. I'm not like, going. I really <laughs> wanted to be here and I'm going to stick it I'm, out. I'm going to stay even if I can't go and investigate. Mm-hmm. So I think the cool part though, is as miserable as you were fe- feeling at the time, right? Anytime a group came out, it's like, what happened? Yeah. Tell me about it. How cool. Was I it? wanted to hear. Yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. So, but so they're in the basement. Um, and then you and I are sitting in there. And then what starts happening out outside with yeah. us? So Josh and I are just sitting there at base camp. And we hear a woman's voice, like outside of the tent. You could hear her. It was either three syllables, syllables or three words that she said. We couldn't make out what she said. Um, so Josh grabs the flashlight, grabs Big Blue, and decides, I'm going to go check around the whole backyard area. Because they do get trespassers. They do. Right. You know, but the the fences are tall. You're going to hear somebody coming up over those old wood fences. You're going to hear them come through that chain link gate. You're going to hear it. Right. Uh, we didn't hear anything. But just to be on the safe side, he decided to just sweep the whole property and just make sure that it wasn't an actual person. Uh, he came back and he didn't find anybody. Couldn't hear anybody. So he comes back in the tent. And then I'm kind of standing up over the heater. And... I feel like somebody takes like the palm of their hand and kind of hits me like not super hard, but with some force. Right. Because you could, you knew, like there was no mistaking and, that someone had like, you And know, where? Well, it was on my right side, very lower back, upper rear end. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, I would call it lower back. So here's right what's side. cool about that is that what I didn't say before is that when we were in the nursery um i was sitting down crisscross applesauce and um when i sat down i felt like a thump on my back lower like right above my butt cheek (laughs) on my right side or no on my left side and you heard it and I heard, I heard the thump, and I thought what happened was that my coat popped out from. I thought I was sitting on my coat, and I thought it popped out, and uh, that was the noise that it was making. But then I felt it up above, like right there above my by my hip, and then I I went and I instantly put my hand back there, and my coat is actually above where I got hit. So I wasn't sitting on my coat. It didn't come back and thump me. Or anything like that. But it was loud enough that I actually heard it. And Josh heard it. I did. And that was during the... That was when we were doing the dowsing rod session. Yes. Yes. And so I got thumped on the exact same spot that Jamie got thumped just on the other Other side. side. So, which is pretty cool. So, and what was also cool is while we're inside investigating, nothing was going on. We are just sitting there. Like... Nothing. So I think it left 
and went to you. Yeah. Out and, in the back. Uh-huh. I think I think um I think there was a couple of them because we did hear a male voice too. And I think we heard the woman's voice twice. We did. Which um, makes it consistent for yeah. what we heard in the nursery. Yep. Yeah. And so um but I think the impression that I got the first time we heard the woman's voice was almost like I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Like what you know, whatever it was was curious because I don't think that they've ever seen like a tent set up over there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so because when um, uh, when Paranosis left, because they're the ones that have to let you in and out of the of the building, and yes. they, they left real quick and came back with ice melt because um, while you know it is mid February um, and most of the area was actually clean, yeah. um, we had gotten some some uh, water melt and then it froze. And so the area leading into the basement was a skating rink. Yeah. I mean, literal skating rink. And so they left to go get some ice melt. And so we set up. And then when they came back, they saw our base camp tent. And they're like, that's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. We've never thought of doing that before. We came yeah. prepared because we were staying most all night. Right. And it was going to be, I think it was going to be in the 30s. It wasn't going to be like... It wasn't freezing. I think it was going to get down to like 35, which is still pretty chilly. cold. Hey, that's, that's, pretty hey, that's only a, sh- a few notches above freezing. So. That's right. Yeah. Still that's still cold. cold. But our tent stayed a nice chilly 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. So her voice was like inquisitive. Yeah, it was like, I'm curious. What is like, this? What is this? What are you guys doing? You know? Um, so, Yeah. So they, so so they figured, they probably figured out that they could come in after I left and came back. And so they probably just kind of snuck in. Maybe. I don't know. And then tried to give you just a little pat on the back. Good job. Like, Like, why the heck aren't you in there? (laughs) Get going. (laughs) Giddy up. (laughs) Um, But the one thing we did, or not debunk, but one thing we did verify, because we did have folding, not folding chairs, but camp chairs set up in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one question I asked, just to make sure um, that it wasn't anything normal, right, was any chance that the camp chair hit you in the back? Right. Um, So we're always going to look for plausible explanations before we jump to any conclusion that it could be, you know, paranormal. Um, But I was, like I said, I was standing at the time and I was standing over the heater. The heater was in front of me and the heater only comes out about, you know, up to mid shin. The chair was behind me. Um, However, those camping chairs aren't really tall. Um, So it came nowhere near my lower back. But about mid thigh, right? It would have come mid thigh, back of my thigh. Yeah. So it's where it would have hit, but this didn't hit anywhere near there. So I need about another six inches plus to get plus to your back. Lower back. Yeah. On the right side. So there's no chance it would have been. It was on the it was on the proper side, because it was the, the one arm would have been on the proper side where you got hit. Yeah. But it would have hit you in the back of the leg, not it would have hit me way down. Yeah. Yeah. So So it's kind of a coincidence that we got hit on the same spot. Yeah. On the back. Sides. And Opposite sides, but same area. And both on females. Yep. Yep. And both by females. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or pretending to be female. Right. right. That would be my guess. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty interesting. So, yeah, even though I missed out on most of the night in investigating, I still got to walk away with 
that little tidbit. Which is so cool. <laughs> Which makes it worth it. And all yeah. of us were so glad that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually pretty happy. Good. All in all, I think it was a it was an interesting night. It was. I'd love to go back. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um yeah, it's such a neat place. Yeah. So hopefully uh we can get back in there. Um and you know, get another investigation. It's hard to say. Um, I did find out though uh, when we were there that they are getting a new roof put on. Oh, nice, oh, good, nice. good, good. Um, so at least the building will be spared in that avenue. Yeah, um, less damage uh, from the water. Yeah. So because after the fire broke out, they did put a hole in the roof. You know, like a, a lot of times they do to get the attic area and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it was never patched, and so the only thing that was there was. Basically a tarp. Yeah. Um, and that's over that would have been over the the side of the house that was blocked off upstairs. Yeah. And so too much water damage and everything um, you know, will eventually rot the house from the inside and make it, you know, have to be torn down. Yeah. Um, which I would hate to see. But I what would too. What wouldn't it be awesome if they were able to repair the house. That would be amazing. We would have like twice as much square footage to investigate, I feel like we'd have a lot more room, maybe not twice as much, but a well, lot more room. Well, you'd have access to that other room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the one that where the explosion was and then the third bedroom upstairs yeah. as well. Yeah. And if and then it, the basement, if the basement got cleaned up, there'd be a lot of room down there to be able to investigate too. Oh, yeah. Because it's so there is so much debris on that ground. There's yeah, even a I saw bed the frame video. down there. Oh, is there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the the room above where it was totaled out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a bed frame just hanging, hanging down between the boards or the the rafters. Interesting, kind of random. Yeah. yeah, so random. The other thing that was really weird down there is there were random Barbie dolls stuffed in the spots. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, oh look, there's a crook in the. There's a little hole, a little nook in there. Let's shove a Barbie doll in there, <laughs> or a Barbie doll head in this one, and you're like. What are Teenagers, you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, adds to the ambiance. You know? <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, it's. I think it was a, a, a. It was such a fun investigation to do in such a neat place, um, and I think the part that is most exciting for the for me for that place is that there was no time limit. Mm-hmm. You weren't rushed. Yeah, no. we got there what seven p.m. A little after seven. Set no, up. We got there right at seven. Oh, did we? You remember we saw Lisa pulling in, then we pulled in right behind her. Oh, that's right. So we get there right at seven. We get set up. I think we got started about eight, eight thirty. About eight o'clock, I think. Yeah. It was just like a few minutes after eight we yeah. got in there and started going. So it was good. It was yeah. a good night. And I I loved how unique it was in the fact that it went from being like we're used to hearing things on our EVPs mm-hmm. and and getting things with pieces of equipment, but this time it was like all audible things, yeah, which is very unique. So yeah. awesome. it made it really fun. Well, I do remember you said that uh, after Stacy and Elisa finished up the night down in the basement and they came out, you and Stacy went back in just to make do a sweep to make sure we had all of our equipment. Oh. You guys ended up hearing something. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I didn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> like so, I missed it. I missed it, but I remember you telling me. Um, so there was this happened on two occasions, and 
both occasions it happened in the living room area, the quietest place in the house. Of course. Um, so there are two things that Stacy and I went in to do. Uh, one, we went in to go switch out um, SIM cards. Right. Not SIM cards, I'm sorry. Memory cards. Um, because all the cameras needed to have their memory cards uh, put in and, and some batteries replaced. And so this so, was earlier in the night. So this was about halfway through the night. Okay. And so we had just done the one upstairs uh, in the... Um, nursery. Nursery. And we're walking down and we're, I'm, I'm walking right by uh, the the ritual circle that's in there on the floor. And I hear a woman's voice say something. Couldn't tell what it was. Couldn't tell what it was. Okay. And I stopped. I'm like, you hear that? He's like, yep. I'm like, that was kind of cool. Dude, Stacy was having a good night too. I know. Typically he does not no, hear those things. He doesn't. And then the last part of the night, we actually went in to do a, uh, a singing bowl session, just him and I. Yeah. Um, kind of that last bit, kind of rile him up a little bit. Um, also, but say, you know, goodbye. In, in in the sense mm-hmm. and there's this plastic hanging down um kind of blocking the kitchen between between the kitchen and uh the living room area and as we go through we open it up and as it's falling back down we both heard a woman's voice say something to us like hi or hello or or something i don't know what can't remember what she said and it was like that was really cool that's awesome <laughs> And that's how the night ended. Yeah. <laughs> so it started awesome and ended awesome. Right. Yeah. And it, you got both of them. Ah, that was always nice. <laughs> Start and finish. <laughs> um, but it was such a fun, fun place. It was. Um, the only thing I would have liked differently, just to be a little bit warmer. Oh, yeah. Well, we managed, though. We did. We I did. I mean, can you imagine if, if, like, we brought a little heater, but Elisa was smart and brought hers as well. Can you imagine if she hadn't? <laughs> It'd be a lot colder. It would have been, been a lot especially, colder. Especially for you. Yeah. Because when you're investigating and your your energy's pumping and you're thinking about other things, you're not necessarily focusing on how cold mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. But when you're just sitting there waiting and not waiting feeling, and, not <laughs> and not feeling, feeling good. good. Yeah. And you're not moving a whole lot because more movement makes you feel like you're going to Ralph all over. <laughs> yeah. You tend not to get that blood moving. And so you you do. You get cold. But did you notice it started with a get out and ended with a, like, a pleasant, hello. Yeah. Hello. Or whatever. It wasn't, didn't seem ominous at all. Yeah. But yeah, it started with a get out and, yeah, then, hello. Hi. <laughs> Got that backwards. <laughs> right. <laughs> so from there, we just ended up breaking down and packing up. Yeah. And then it we, took us about a good half hour, I'd say. Yeah, it wasn't. Pack up. It wasn't bad. No. It took longer to pack than it did to unpack. No, we all just pitched in and got and, it done. Yeah, tore down. and I even helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, You're like, let's get out of here. I'm done. I'm like, I don't feel good. Let's go. <laughs> so I was helping tear down too. But yeah. yeah it was such a fun night. Um and that was a, the cool thing about that is that's the start of our investigation cycle for this year. So mm-hmm. um, we all just did one last weekend. Mm-hmm. We, did. Um, we did. Which we will tell about in another, on another podcast. podcast. In another episode. So uh, definitely stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, please come and check us out on social media. 
Um, again, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Cold Spot Paranormal Research or on Paranormal Peeps Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at CPR Paranormal and Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research. And like always, stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.